focus focus up i'm talking to you kelsey i heard you were taking a little hiatus from podcast but you're coming back to watch the rubio method i really appreciate appreciate it welcome to the rubio method my name is chris rubio along with nicholas monahan this is episode 27 here we go monahan on today's show we're going to be covering the following topics breathing techniques to get some z's is Monahan safe on his hog? <laughs> Should Rubio and Monahan become politicians? What age is best for Rubio and Monahan? That's a weird one. Is Rudy a cheater? Great books, great cheat mails, football kickers, ugh. Lots and lots of motivation, all of that and much, much more on today's episode of the Rubio Method. Christian, I'm out. Focus. Focus up. I'm talking to you, Stats. Stop being so soft out on the ice, buddy. Nah, just keep it up. Keep, keep up doing a great job out there. Make sure you keep subscribing to YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, Google, NGBN.TV, and of course, the RubioMethod.com. If you have any questions for Monahan or myself, make sure you email Rubio at the RubioMethod.com. Monahan, it is your time. Minute with Monahan, go. All right, guys, today we are going to be talking about, just like Rubio said, we're going to catch some Z's. It's one of the hardest things I feel like to do in my adult life. I, admittedly, walking into this meeting, I'm even tired, but we're going to bring the heat. We're going to bring the passion, and it's going to be exciting. Today, we're going to talk about breathing techniques that you could do to help you sleep. Um, originally, I had three. I scratched the last one because I didn't quite like it. Uh, so I've got two really good ones that I've been practicing for a while now. The first, And they both involve shapes. Let's go, baby. First one is a square. That's the box shape breathing. So you're going to breathe in for four seconds. You're going to picture a square. Breathe in for four seconds. Breathe out for four seconds. Breathe in for four seconds. Breathe out for four seconds. Love that. That's been really awesome. It's really helped me out uh, to help sleep because really the goal is to control your breathing and get your mind off whatever it is that you're thinking about that won't let you fall asleep. The second one is, of course, the triangle. This one is a little bit different because you're breathing in for three seconds. One, two, three. And then you're holding it for three seconds. One, two, three. And then you're exhaling for three seconds. One, two, three. Guys, try that out. Let me know how that works. It has been tremendous for me and my sleep. Also, a shot of whiskey helps. But those two <laughs> things have been the best for me. I felt like I was on Sesame Street with your, your little voice modulations, but also like Sesame Street graphics because you're really pixelated, pixelated right now. So it's like 1978, 82, and you're kind of big birdish, and you're kind of doing this. I hope everyone got what they were going with. Monhan, do you have some email questions for us? Yes, absolutely. I know we could not figure out my internet is strong, but whatever reason I'm pixelated. Let's dive in. First question. This comes from, from our guy, Tim from Bellevue, Washington says, Monahan, you talk about your motorcycle a lot. Uh, I must know, do you wear a helmet? The answer is yes. I always wear a helmet. Safety is the number one thing. Um, I have a 2008 Harley street glide, a big old big old bike, um, but I want to make sure that I'm always safe on it, so I always have a helmet. 
and I always wear my vest or protective jacket. Um, I also wear uh, either I have these like cold pants that'll keep me that are padded or I'll wear my leather chaps if I'm going on a long ride because it protects my legs from all the stuff that's bouncing up on off the ground. Monahan, real quick. I don't understand motorcycle riders that choose not to wear a helmet. I mean, I get it's the whole freedom thing and all that, but it's one of those things that if you crash on a motorcycle, there's two things that happen. Either you die or you're like a really messed up face for the rest of your life. I just don't understand. Is there a reasoning? Am I missing something? No, yeah, that's it. Well, the other thing they say is people are like, well, I'd rather just die oh. if I crash and not be protected. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Some riders, I've heard that. I've definitely heard that. I, in fun fact, I've actually been hit by a car. I was on a moped and I didn't have a helmet on that time because I was in Minnesota and you don't need one. And uh, that scared the lights out of me. So that was the last time I didn't wear Monahan, a helmet. Monahan, I, I got a little surprise for you. Christian, it's time. Have I told you about my hog, Monahan, that I got? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's my hog, but it is a motorized bar stool that I won at an auction for the Jackson Baldwin Foundation. It goes 10 miles per hour in its 15 miles range. So, Monahan, whenever you come to Lewis at Idaho, you and I will go hog side by side, Daddy. Thank you, Christian, for that. <laughs> Monahan, we're going to be wild hogs, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Second question. This comes from I'm tired, sorry. <laughs> Second question comes from George in Houston. He says, I could sense you two aren't exactly on the same page politically. That would be correct. Uh, but if you could, would you be president and vice president of the United States? Rubio, do you want to handle that? Well, first of all, if we're gonna go into politics, Maya, and you need to learn how to pronounce names, that's Jorge not George. Okay. Number one. Uh, okay. So I wasn't sure. I didn't want to be like <laughs> God, Monahan, you're pixelated. You're ruining names. All right. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Yes. It's I tough. think Monahan and I would be great political people together. I would obviously have to be the president. He would have to be the VP. He would be the, the touching, you know, kissing babies, pressing the flesh, doing all that. And I would be the one that would just come down hard with the regulations and Monahan would, he'd be the one, oh, Rubio, you can't do that. But shut up. I'm doing it. I'm president. So that's my answer. I, I think I think we would be well. We do very well together. I completely agree. We're the perfect yin and yang of each other. And I think that first off, it's going to be a party. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> and second off, I think we'll balance each other out real well. Perfect. Um, Number three, Monahan. Here we go. Jane in Phoenix. Jane, that was my grandmother's name. Um, if you two uh, could lock in at a certain age, basically stay at the same age forever, what would it be? Dude, 16, bro. 16 years old. The year was 2009. It was incredible. My football team was really good. Uh, I just, it was awesome. I, I got my license. I had this dirty old 96 GMC Sierra. It was just like music was so good. Food tasted better. It was just amazing. <laughs> and I got plenty of sleep. <laughs> I, I think I would go age 30. I think age 30 was kind oh, of a sweet right. spot. I was mature enough. You know, you're, you're making a little bit of money. You know what you're doing, you think. Um, you're, I'll just say you're mature enough. But in your body is still kind of all together. Uh, Monahan, I think I told you this story about a couple of months. Well, maybe it's been about two years ago. I'm sleeping, doing all this, and I wake up to put on my shirt on, and oh my gosh, I can't move my left shoulder. 
And I'm like, what? I couldn't even get my arm in my shoulder. So I'm like doing some sort of worm to get in there. I finally get it in. It's like two days where I can't lift my left shoulder. My wife finally says, Rubio, she, she calls me Rubio. You got to go to the doctor. I go to the doctor. They're like, man, man, you need to take like an, an x-ray. So we do an x-ray. And I think that I don't think I had to do an MRI unless I just blocked it out. He goes, you tore your rotator cuff. And I go, what do you mean I tore my rotator cuff? It's my left shoulder. I do everything my right. He goes, I hate to tell you this, but at your age and your size, most likely you did it sleeping. And I said, oh, my God, that is the most pathetic thing I've ever heard. Dude, <laughs> is that just depressing? That's sad, bro. That's absolutely true. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Christian, we're coming back with our next segment, which is a great guest. Christian, I'm out. What do you think you're doing, Kevin? I uh, was just gonna drive home. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, there are several warning signs present that you shouldn't be driving. Like hearing voices? Like your text to emoji ratio? Oh man, the selfies. <laughs> Selfie nailed it. We all have warning signs that let us know that we're probably not okay to drive. Mine is pretending to be your subconscious. Craig, come on man, let's put a ride home. Focus, focus up. I'm talking to you, Roger, out in Vegas. Keep up the good fight and congratulations on having a baby boy coming in about eight months, I think it is. Welcome back to the Rubio Method. My name is Chris Rubio. This is episode 27. As promised, we have a phenomenal guest. Let me tell you a little bit about Melissa Strother. She won a gold medal at the 2017 IFAF World Championship, sang for the Pope in Rome, Whoa! college soccer All-American, nine times football all-star, kicker for the Rapid City Marshals, multiple degrees for fitness and training. You had too many. I, I wasn't going to read them all because you're just way too smart. And she's the author of Play For Her, which is coming out soon. Welcome, Melissa. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Fantastic. All right, here we go. I got a couple quick hitters for you. Just we're kind of loosening you up. Get ready. Number one, you said your favorite movie is Rudy. Absolutely. The, the, the last play of the game was Rudy offsides. No. Are you sure? You can't be offsides in movies. It's <laughs> okay, I'll give you that one. Not in a movie. <laughs> That's such a good football movie, but I, it, I, I think I've said this before, Christian. You might have to tell me if I'm not, or if I did or not. It pisses me off. Because I always get mad at his ex-girlfriend who started dating his brother, like literally right when he leaves town. And then he comes. I see it. Christian, uh, Christian said I did. I don't care. People need to hear it again, Christian. It really pisses me off. Like he comes back. He's, uh, you know, doing his Rudy thing. And sure, his brother's got girlfriend. Oh, I would. So, so we're in the movie for me. Number two, you're an avid reader. What is the best book you've ever read? Oh. Um. <laughs> Stillness is the key. It's 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 one I can read over and over and over again. What's um, it about? It's about peace of mind and kind of finding your your inner stillness in whatever scenario. It uses a lot of history references. Um, mm -hmm. It's based on stoicism. Brian Holiday's the author. He has like um, currently just came out with a book series of three, I believe it is, on on virtues. And it's, it's very grounding for me. So anytime my mind's kind of all over the place, I can lock into that, into that book, and it will 
calm, calm me, center me, balance me, balance my thoughts, balance my and ideas. Now, is this a book that the normal human beings like myself can read or do I need nine degrees like you? No, <laughs> it's a it's a huge book. It's extremely popular. It's uh, you know, I think it topped the charts for a long time. So I think a lot of people find um, motivation and inspiration in, in it. All right, I like that. I was checking out your web page, your Facebook, your LinkedIn, all that good stuff. You are obviously very into physical fitness. What is your favorite cheat meal? Oh, uh, wow. Oodles of noodles. I, I have to say you can't be, you, I want to go with the pizza because it's pizza, but really. What's wrong with pizza? It, it, you fill up. And then I feel guilty about it. Like I want, I want a cheat meal to be like on point. Like I'm very happy while I'm eating it. I'm mm. happy after I eat it. And you know, I'm that person. I could sit down and, and gobble down an extra large and and be happy while I'm doing it and not happy after. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. I want my cheat meal to be good before, during, and after. I got you. I got you. So tell me why. What is the book going to be about exactly? Why did you want to write it? It became my story. Um, even the way it's written, it's actually like journal entries from mm. the time I, I went to the combine for the women's professional football to the last game in the men's professional season. And so it, it, it's for the reader to read along as if they're going along this journey with me through all the obstacles, all the ups and downs and all the turmoil and to come out the other side and still have a new perspective on athletes, a new perspective on football, uh, and a new perspective on females in, in football and in sports. Okay, so I played football at UCLA when they were really, really good. They actually did pretty well this last season. And one of the main things I remember, it's not even the games, it's the camaraderie. It's the locker room. How, what's it like being a woman on a man's team? Because I can't even imagine back then if we had a female on the team. You know, the locker room was a huge adjustment because I was in one – well, our home games, I was in one on my own. On the road, okay. I was usually in a bathroom with the fans trying to change before games. Just there wasn't a place for me to go. Um, they put it, you in, a, in the, with the fans? Yeah, so the just the bathrooms where all the fans go to use the restroom, and that's where I would go. And, and So you did like and, Superman. You go install, come, go in, you know, a female, closed door, you come out, athlete, football player. Yep. <laughs> oh my god that's that's not good okay so then you get dressed and then you go back into the locker room for like the team meeting and all that crap no um i typically would at home i'd sit in my locker room and then go out to the field when we were on the road i'd change in the bathrooms and then go sit out on the field till it was time for everybody to come out is there any way that you feel like they could adjust that or is that until there's more female football players you just lose it was not planned very well. It was mm -hmm. just an organizational thing. Um, it was a first-year team that I played on. And so there was usually a lot of other things going on. At first game, we didn't have uniforms. We had to borrow it from the high school. <laughs> oh. So there was there was a lot going on of learning how to run a first-year organization. And I think that was, that was probably more of the issue, especially when we went on the road. A lot of the teams didn't even know there was a female on the team. So they didn't know to prepare um when we, we played in selena and they were so nice and they got me a place to change and got a little room so it, it was just an i think it was an organizational thing when you got on the team did the coach give you the 
you know, the ability to address the team or did they just, Hey, here's a female kicker. It already didn't bring it up. (laughs) So again, first year team, uh, when I got into rapid city, we didn't have a facility to train at. We were actually in like this basketball gym and you can't kick, you can't do anything there. Um, so I go out into the snow and kick on a field and the guys would practice in the basketball gym. So I was kind of that chick who showed up to every practice and was sitting down and mm-hmm. no one really talked about it. It was kind of awkward, but I actually probably broke into the team where it was like, Oh, she's on the team. This is who she is. Was um, our quarterback left for a week and I ended up throwing footballs to the guys and it kind of broke, you know, it was an icebreaker and they're like, Oh wait, you can throw the ball. Oh wait, you played quarterback. Oh, how'd you already learn the offense? Oh, okay. And so it was kind of that introduction of like, no, you're not some random chick brought onto the team. You actually know football. You've played football. All right. You're, you're a teammate. Yeah, absolutely. How would you recommend, could you talk about this a lot? I was looking at your website. How would you recommend people become more open and vulnerable to get themselves to learn more about things? That's one of the hardest things. I, mm-hmm. I think people are so scared to feel failure, to face failure. I think the first step you have to accept is failing. It's okay to fail. Failure is okay. And when you accept failure as a possibility or a probability, then you're, you eliminate some of that vulnerability, right? People don't try because they don't want to fail. And when you don't worry about the failure part of it, when you, everything you do within your process of whatever your goals are is learning and growing and changing, you eliminate a lot of that fear of failure. And then you can be more open and you can be more vulnerable. Because yeah, no matter what you're doing, I mean, even playing checkers with a third grader, you're, you're going to fail at some point. And especially like yourself, you're going on to this basically this new planet of female on a male um, sports team. Besides, what was that movie, Christian? Uh, Kathy Ireland. Uh, Unnecessary Roughness. Thank you. I got it before you did, Christian. Um, where she was a kicker as well. But you're, you're going to fail. They're go- and a lot of times dudes will probably be just rude enough to make you try to fail. And you're going to have to go out and say, okay, I'm going to fail, but I'm going to come back and be stronger. I mean, you, you've had have a lot of experience in this playing just football with dudes. Yeah. At the very first game we played this past season, I stepped up to the, I was a captain. I stepped up to the captain's meeting and the guy said, you know, you're going to get hit. You should be scared, girl. You're, you're going to get hit. And it was basically, it was the first couple games. Every time I stepped up to the captain or before the game, when I was warming up, there was some guy or some fan who felt the need to threaten that I'm going to get hurt or I'm just a little girl or I should be going home or whatever the things they felt the need to say. And I could take that to heart and be like, oh, I don't belong here. or Oh, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. If I was afraid of failure, that would be the first thing. But I've learned that failing is, you know, it's the Jordan quote. You have to fit when you fail over and over and over. That's why you succeed. You can't succeed at everything and learn. You don't learn from success. You mm-hmm. learn from failure. And so your growth is in that failure. Absolutely. It, it, you, you, that's the thing. You got to learn from it. I was talking to someone this morning where I was saying how you, you at some point you let the kid touch something hot. So they learn hot is bad. <laughs> you know, I don't want to touch that again. One of your great quotes that I absolutely love is mindset designs your path, effort, focus, and discipline build it. Tell me a little bit more about that. 
I actually, that's in my phone. I read it every day. I have a list of daily goals that I want to accomplish, a list of monthly goals, and that's at the top of it. And if you don't have the right mindset, no matter how hard you work, no matter what you're trying to do, you will never walk your path. You will never walk your path to success. Because if you're, again, it goes to the failure. If your mindset is, I can't fail ever, you're going to not do a lot of things that will help you grow. And the same with hard work, right? You can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't work hard, that talent will leave you less than the person who worked. And so it's that mindset of, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to learn and grow from the things I do well and from the things I don't do well. And that will design my path to success. Okay. So what's your bit of advice for someone who's watching this? Obviously the show is built for middle-aged men, but I know there's going to be middle-aged women watching as well that are just in a funk. They don't have the right mindset. What do you, what do you say to that person? You know, one of the greatest things I learned this last season was to appreciate the little things of all the things that went wrong in this season. It was the little things that I look back now and was like, that was worth it. You know, I think, Gratitude and kindness go together with your own joy. And that's easy mm. to say and it's hard to do, right? But I'm grateful that every day I come home, my dog is happy to see me. <laughs> that's a tiny little thing. Yeah. But it brings me joy and I'm grateful for it. I think the kindness to strangers that you can give, give a stranger a smile. I have one of my monthly goals is an unconditional kind act. I do something nice for someone and they never know that I even did it. And that is just put kindness out there. It will bring you, when you give kindness, it gives kindness back to you because it, it will bring you joy. And when you're grateful for the little things each and every day, you will find that joy in more things. And so it's like building blocks little by little. When you feel like I don't have anything or I have nowhere to go, or I don't know what my goals are. It's all those little things building that bring you onto a path of more happiness. All right, let's go back. What, I want to know what what's a, a random act of kindness that you've done. Oh man, a lot. <laughs> um, so I do. I try to do at least one a month. Okay. And this month, I actually already did it. It was I probably had like five or six messages on my phone from this random number calling. I think is I think it was like Dave calling to Dave, and it wasn't a cell phone. So I text back wrong and tell him. So long story short, I get on the phone, I call the number. I'm online or on waiting, um, probably on hold for like 30, 35 minutes just to call and say, hey, this is the wrong number. Whoever you're trying to get this information to, you need to get the right, the right number together. So that's something like, again, it's unconditional because it doesn't benefit me in any way. Yeah. But I'm trying to help out this random person who will never know that I did this, but it was information he needed. And so it's just something like that, you know, and you can do like, I tried to do something bigger than opening a door for a stranger mm -hmm. or, you know, giving a little kid a high five, like go out of my way to do something nice for someone and, you know, spread a little happiness in this world. Yeah. That world would be a hell of a lot better place if everyone else did that. What made it, what motivates you? Is it your book? Is it your kicking? Is it helping out younger women? What, what, what motivates you? Uh, what gets me out of bed every day? <laughs> it's, it's just making a difference in this world. And that seems like silly and over the top, 
but it's the truth because I can't, I can't wake up and, and go my day by day thinking about myself. That's so confined and limited and, and you can only work so hard for yourself. But I found that if you work for something bigger than yourself, you, you don't need to look for motivation. It's already there. You know, I know that when I don't want to go work out, I know the kid that comes and watches me play will appreciate that I went and worked out on that day. You know, so as long as I keep my mindset on something bigger than myself and making a positive impact in the world of sports, but specifically football, um, it's easy to get out of bed and it's easy to go to work. Love that. Melissa, where can people find out more about your journey, the book, all that good stuff? Uh, on the website, diamondintheroughsdllc.com. That will soon be changing to ditr.shop. Um, and then on my Instagram is where I'm, I post, I try to post my daily like update in this journey so people can keep track of where I am and what I'm doing and where I'm playing and all of that. Fantastic. Melissa, this was fantastic. And I want to make sure that you remember the most important thing for a kicker is their long snapper. I appreciate snapper. my long snapper. And there my you go. All right. There's no game-winning kicks without a game-winning snap. Never forget that, Melissa. You'll go very far in life. All right, Melissa, thank you very much for this. I really appreciate it. I wish you the best of luck. Christian, I'm out. What do you think you're doing, Kevin? I uh, was just gonna drive home. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, there are several warning signs present that you shouldn't be driving. Like hearing voices? Like your text to emoji ratio? Oh man, the selfies. <laughs> Selfie nailed it. We all have warning signs that let us know that we're probably not okay to drive. Mine is pretending to be your subconscious. Craig, come on man, let's put a ride home. Focus, focus up. I'm talking to you, Carlin, out in Estonia. Welcome to the NGBN.TV family. And thank you for watching The Rubio Method on Spotify, Google, Amazon, YouTube, Apple, and of course, therubiomethod.com. If you have any questions for my, myself, Monahan, or Melissa, you can email rubio at therubiomethod.com. Now we have the bottom line segment. The bottom line is all the stuff that you should have learned without even realizing you learned it. Number one. Take it down a notch and don't forget to breathe. Remember the, th the two things Monaghan had, the square thingy. I don't know if you guys can see it because he was so pixelated, 1982 Monaghan, or the triangle. Okay, make sure you take it down and take it down a notch and don't forget to breathe. Number two, open yourself up to learn more about, well, everything. The more you open up yourself, that what Melissa was talking about, being vulnerable and knowing that you're going to make a mistake, that's when you're really going to learn. As long as you understand that you're going to make a mistake, you will learn from it as long as you learn from it. All right. So that's number two. Open up yourself up to learn more about, well, everything. And the third one, find what motivates you and let it actually motivate you. Okay, M Melissa was all over the board with stuff that motivated her, but that was great. She had a lot of things that she that pushed her to get out of bed, whether it was being kind, whether it was the, the little girl, the fan, didn't matter. She found what's motivating her, and it really, really motiv motivates her where she's doing something not everyone could do, not, not even close to everyone could do. Well, that wraps it up for episode 27 of The Rubio Method. Keep sharing on every podcast available for you, and don't forget to subscribe. Once again, Christian. I'm out.